Welcome. Thanks for listening to A Certain Degree. My name is Nick. I host a weekly radio show that gets turned into this podcast. Radio, it comes and goes, but as we all know, podcasts are forever. If you're an early riser, you can listen live every Monday starting at 7 a.m. on WPRK 91.5 FM. It also streams on WPRK.org, or you can subscribe wherever you subscribe to podcasts. Regardless of where you listen, this show is about people from the Orlando area who are doing something neat. Artist Samantha Shoemaker is the guest for this episode, and she is awesome. I tend to gush a lot about guests and their work, but there's good reason for it. In her case, hyper-realistic, surreal scenes are what you're going to see if you check her out on her various social media channels. For more on Samantha, the portable sensory deprivation tank mentioned in the show, and all of the other guests, please visit to a certain degree.com and now on with the show tegan and sarah on wprk winter park florida you're listening to a certain degree good morning my name is nick i do this every week and every week i have a very special guest every week from 7 to 9 a.m uh but technically it's 6 a.m so for her to come in this early is just Pretty remarkable and amazing. Thank you so much. Much thank, thank you so much. I'm not sure. It's it's very early. Samantha <laughs> Shoemaker is here. Good morning, Samantha. Good morning. Thank Happy you so much morning. for being here. Thank you Happy for Monday. having me. Yeah. Happy so Monday. you got up extra early today mm-hmm. to be on the radio for the first time. For the first time ever. Great. Yeah. So. And the reason you're here is because you're an amazing artist, mm-hmm. visual artist. And so I think we met at a market. Is that right? Yes. Yeah. At the milk market in yeah. the milk district. And you were 3D printing. And I was like, ooh, what is this? Got to talk to me. this guy. Yeah. yeah. And then I found out that you do this show. And I was like, oh, I'm all about this. It is. It was very nice to do that and to meet you there. And, you know, that's one of the ways I like to meet people is by talking about what I have on the table. Because otherwise... Just going up and meeting people is a little bit nerve-wracking for me personally. Yeah, it's not necessarily something that uh, I do naturally. So mm-hmm. you coming up and complimenting me really helped. So if anybody mm-hmm. wants to come on the show, I think that's the secret. Come up to me, mm-hmm. compliment me, mm-hmm. and then ask to be on the show. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. That's the, the way. Coming up to me, insulting me, <laughs> and then getting on the show is a much more difficult road to hoe. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. I think if I would have been like came up and been like, oh, this is this 3D printer is from 19. This is garbage. (laughs) This is old. I own the (laughs) 2019 model pre-release of 3D. Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) If you wanted to be a 3D printing snob. Yeah, you're probably not going to make it on the show. So for the most part, people can follow you and find you. And we'll talk a little bit more about where to find you. But shoemakerart.com. Yes. Is a good central location to get to your social media channels mm-hmm. and to figure out what you're doing, uh, which you're also doing a lot on YouTube as well. So we'll talk about the video uh, assets and the things that you're creating. So not only time lapses, mm-hmm. but uh, just talking to people about how you do your artwork, you know, kind of teaching people how you do it, because I think that's that's really engaging and important to do. Mm-hmm. But first, Samantha, I don't know you all that well. Mm-hmm. So let's get to know you a little bit better. We're going to play a game right now. It's uh, sort of a 20 questions game. Ooh. And uh, what I want you to do, though, instead of saying yes or no or up or down, 
Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna come up with some topics. I'm gonna shoot them over to you mm-hmm. uh, via. Well, I'll say them. I was mm-hmm. gonna do it telep- telepathically, mm-hmm. but I feel like on the radio we probably need to verbalize things a little bit more. Yeah, I think yeah. the like the mechanical things sometimes interfere with my telepathy. So, yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay, signaling. so you're getting the signals in here aren't great. You're right. The the reception for your brain, your brain reception <laughs> in here isn't. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna keep talking it myself into corners. Uh, we're gonna play a game though. <laughs> It's called bright or early. Okay. So bright is good when you wake up and you've had enough sleep, you're bright, you're ready to go, everything else. Early, like when we spring forward, Mm -hmm. it's terrible. Yeah. No one really likes it. A lot of people don't function that well early in the morning. Mm -hmm. So bright, if you hear something that you, you know, you like, Mm -hmm. you think it's a good idea, you say bright. Mm -hmm. If you're against something, you say, no, thank you. You say early. Oh, sounds good. Okay. Ready? All right, how about driverless cars? Bright or early? I would say early. Early? Yeah. You're not for them. I'm not for them. And it's because of um, they have this hierarchy where, like, they're trying to implement this. I actually read about this the other day. And it's basically saying, like, the car has to estimate, like, if there was like a baby carriage and an old person, sure. it has to choose which way to go. And it's, if it has no option, if it has no choice. Yeah. And there's yeah. a hierarchy of like, and, and it says to kill like the dog first as opposed to the cat. And I'm like, what? Like, who gets to decide that? So when I saw that, I was like, well, ah. a cat person, apparently. A cat person. Yeah. yeah. So I think that that should be up to the individual, the individual person. So. Life and death choices should be made by people. Yeah. Not by robots. Robots. And then okay. when they decide to, like, you know, decimate people. Yeah. Then, yeah, they're going to just, the cars are just going to be running everywhere. So. Nice. Yeah. I like it. I, I think early for that one. Okay. <laughs> uh, some of your subject matter in terms of the art that you paint is uh science fiction is kind of fantasy right Mm -hmm. is is do you read a lot of science fiction and fantasy or do you watch a lot of sci-fi movies um as far as like watching i do watch like some science fiction um and it's kind of weird because i didn't really grow up watching or reading that much science fiction it Mm -hmm. just kind of um i i love i I love, like, Twilight and, like, typical teen romance kind of things. As we all do. Yeah. And then, um, but, yeah, it just kind of came out of nowhere, like, the interest in it. Um, But I would say in my 20s, I did start to, like, I watched 2001 A Space Odyssey for the first time. And I was like, this is amazing. And then, yeah, after that, I started watching more science fiction. Very cool. Yeah. Okay. So you're up on the the robot overlords and all that stuff. Yeah, I love okay. that. <laughs> uh, how about springing forward? How did you feel about that, bright or early? Springing forward? Yeah, the hour that we just lost yesterday. Oh. So daylight savings, essentially. Um, I would say bright. I It didn't affect me all too much. Oh, nice. Because I, I guess I don't have, like, I never have a sense of time. <laughs> I'm like, oh, right now it could be, it's 7 o'clock at night in my mind right now. It's yeah, like, it could be anytime, well. <laughs> anywhere. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so then is your work schedule such that, you know, you work when you're able or do you have set times that you're painting? Um, usually when I'm able, I um, kind of 
do it like when it's late at night some days and then some days it's it's nice and early in the morning um it just depends it varies all the time all right now let me ask you this super serious question professional wrestling bright or early bright yeah yeah you like it i like professional wrestling yeah do you have you watched it for a long time did you watch it since you were a kid how does that uh, go um so when i was in my early 20s mm-hmm. I started watching um, UFC. Yeah, I got that right. I always confuse it with UCF. I'm like, oh, I watch US- UCF. And it's like, I mean, no, you can, it's UFC. You can watch UCF as well. <laughs> yeah, U- yeah, UCF or UFC. So I I would watch UFC, and then, like, I liked the, um, like, the it would make me aggressive. And then I started, like, fake, like, grappling with my friends, like, trying to train. And then, yeah. And then I fell in my head, and then I never did it again. But oh, nice. I still watch it, yeah. Oh, good. Yeah, it's wow. pretty fun. So it just took some head trauma to get you away from it. Yeah, after that, I was like, oh, I guess, like, my professional wrestling career is over. Did you afterwards uh, notice any change in your creative levels? Like, you know, sometimes you see in the movies where a knock to the head helps a person. Yeah, that actually, like, now that I think of it, it coincides. Really? Yeah, at, like, mm. as soon as I got that... I hit my head and then like, <laughs> it's like I have all these ideas of painting and then like <laughs> That's awesome. stick figures before and then now all of a sudden I can do like highly rendered. <laughs> all right. <laughs> Just be careful with your head now because if you get hit again. You might revert back. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So you should of. be wearing. It's, I appreciate that's why you're wearing a helmet in the building today. Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> full precise. motorcycle helmet and crash gear. Yeah. You got to protect your tools. Yeah. Everything yeah. got to cover all of the, all of the uh, headspace. Yeah. Make sure that I that like doesn't that. happen. I thought it was just because of something I was doing, but no, you're you're <laughs> expecting to get hit in the head. I understand. How do how long have you lived in Florida? Um, since I was about, um, I was in fourth grade when okay. I moved to Florida, but I used to live in Inverness, Florida, which is kind of in the middle of nowhere. Yep. Yeah. And, and then I moved to Kissimmee where I lived until I graduated high school and then I came to Orlando. Oh, very nice. Mm-hmm. So then the beach bright or early? Bright. Oh, you like the beach? Yes. Yeah. Do you go a lot, or did you go more when you were younger? Um, I don't go a lot. I wish I could go more. Yeah. Um, when I was younger, I lived in Miami for some time when I was really young, so I would go to the beach all the time there because it was really close. But yeah. um, but now lately, I haven't been for a while. Um, but I, I do have an obsession with mermaids, like a very unhealthy obsession with mermaids. Okay. You know I'm going to have to ask. What... <laughs> makes it unhealthy um i guess that like i watch so much like mermaid videos okay. so there's there's a whole like uh culture of people who go mermaiding at the springs and they like put on a tail and they swim in the springs and then i just watch like so many videos on youtube okay. about okay. it yeah all right i don't think that's the highlight because i was expecting you know are you writing mermaid fan fiction are you like creating mermaid music. And I don't, you haven't painted any mermaids, have you? I've done a couple, but okay. it's it not as much as you think. Oh, um, for the amount that your eyes are open right now and you're talking about mermaids and there's this obsession yeah. that I can see. <laughs> you can yeah. see it in my eyes. 
Yeah. So, yeah. It's just like instantly like, oh, mermaids. I think it, it, it all started. It's really quite strange because it's just like a half human, half fish. And yet, like, there's such a culture behind it. Uh, yeah. It's very fascinating. Yeah. It all started with the little mermaid, I think. Okay. So you saw that as a kid and then you were like, I'm in. Yeah. This is great. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And if I want to do this other thing, like walk on land, I just have to lose my voice. Yeah. It's a good trade-off. It's it's a good trade-off. Yeah. I think it makes sense. And it's also, I think, what the moral of the story is, stay a mermaid. Yeah. Like, why would you sacrifice your voice just to be able to walk around and dance? Yeah, that's true. You can true. swim. You can swim anywhere. Yeah. You can travel via mermaid tail. Yeah. Anywhere that you want to. Right. Yeah, I, I don't understand it either. <laughs> but wings, I think the wings, that's the next thing. Is there like a culture of people who love wings? Uh, if like fairy people? I think we get to the story of Daedalus and Icarus at that point. Oh. Where they're trying to escape the island and they build a set of wings and Icarus flies too close to the sun and crashes and dies. Oh, wow. So with mermaids, we don't have that cautionary tale. Yeah. <laughs> Tail. Um, <laughs> we just have that when it comes to wings. So I think everybody's still going to. That's why it's, you know, so popular because there's mm -hmm. no downside to being a mermaid. Yeah. As far as I true. can tell. Storms, hurricanes. Yeah, you go underwater. Oh, yeah. You just go that's a little true. bit deeper. Oh, yeah. Get all the sushi you want. Yeah. That's as far true. as I can tell. Um, mm. Potentially, depending on which mermaid, you know, story you uh, subscribe to, you can talk to the fish and stuff. Yeah. Okay. That's true. I'm in. I'm in. You've convinced me. You're going to be a part of the, you're going to do the mermaiding? The, the springs? I'm going to, uh-huh. Yeah, I'm going to look, I'm going to look into that uh, very soon. Okay, more questions. And you're learning a lot about me too. Yeah. Uh, jerky, the food. Mm -hmm. How do you feel about that? Bright or early? Bright. I actually have some left over in my teeth right now. Oh, very nice. <laughs> From my late night snacking. Late night snacking <laughs> caused a little bit of uh Agita, I would imagine, if you eat that stuff really late at night. Yeah, a lot of that. And, uh, like, a little bit of swollen gums. Because oh, yeah. the jerky is very, is very chewy, but it's very good. And it's excellent. Yeah. We have a lot of jerky that listens. A lot of jerky manufacturers. Not literally the jerky. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. But the a jerky. lot of jerky manufacturers listen to the show. So they'll be happy to hear that you appreciate them. Then maybe they'll become a sponsor, sponsor? of yours. Yeah, yeah, that's what I was thinking. Yeah, exactly. Sponsor me. <laughs> Look, I mean, working artists need sponsors too, right? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Uh, colonizing Mars, bright or early? Um, early. Yeah. How come? Um, I just think that... Um, our, our human body receptacles are not yep. designed for uh, to live on Mars. Like, or it's the space between, right? Earth and Mars either. Yeah, or yeah. the space between. I mean, if they can do it to where uh, you could, that would be awesome. It'd be cool if they had an artist residency in Mars. You know, like artists can go out there and paint. A lot Mars. of your stuff is very ethereal. It's very surreal. Um, and if I'm describing anything uh, as far as your art goes uh, in a way that you don't want it described or you feel like is inaccurate, please let me know. But that's the takeaway that I have for it. So mm -hmm. I think it would fit right in on Mars. I think so, too. And you were spot on. The okay, ethereal, that's, that's the, the elevator pitch I give everyone. I'm like, oh, it's good, surreal good. and ethereal. It's yeah. Like, oh. uh, but, yeah, I think that it, it all does take place kind of like uh, aliens in outer space or alien woman and 
like in these alternative dimensions. Yep. That's kind of what I'm going for. Great. Okay, very good. So you're going to be the first artist on Mars. Got it. Uh, zombies. Zombies. Bright or early? Bright. Oh, you like zombies? Yes. You like uh, the movies? You like the TV shows? Um, or you I, just like them as sort of a storytelling device? As all of, as, as yeah. everything. Okay. Yeah. As, as um, it's it, actually one of my favorite uh, novels, my teen romance. Mm-hmm. It was called, uh, what was it called? Generation Dead. I actually recently like looked it up and like, I remember I loved the cover art on it and like the zombies. So it was an unhealthy obsession with that too at some point. Wait, so is that a romance novel between zombies or between an alive person and a zombie? That, yeah. Interesting. Yeah. <laughs> one's undead. One's undead. and One's not. Yeah. And they're in love. Yeah. Aww. Pretty much. Just Twilight just swapped the vampires for zombies. Great. Pretty much. Why not? So it's yeah. essentially a Romeo and Juliet story. Yeah, pretty yeah. much. Yeah. And then, like, the, the zombies are kind of discriminated against in the book, so it has, like, a little bit of, it has political undertones, too, so. Yeah, you got a class system going with the zombies. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. Well, we'll look that up. Uh, how do you feel about sandwiches, bright or early? Bright when it's, like, a public sub. Okay. Those so the right there. kind of sandwich. The right kind of sandwich, because if it's, like, American cheese and like some old turkey. I pass on those. I don't like cold sandwiches all too much. A nice panini press. Yeah. Okay, so it's got to be pressed. Mm-hmm. It's got to be hot. Mm-hmm. And no old turkey. No old turkey. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Good to know. <laughs> all right. For so many of the people out there that do eat the the old turkey, that's something to think about. Uh, so we talked about Little Mermaid. Mm-hmm. How do you feel about the Disney remakes in general, these live-action movies that they're doing? Are you spring or are you um, uh, bright or early? Um, I would say burly. I would say Somewhere in the middle. Between. Yeah. Because, uh, I, I didn't mention this, but you are incredibly burly. You're about six foot three. Yes. Um, and just sprawling. ripped. <laughs> That's where that it, it was all from that uh, UCF training or yep. UFC training. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> that got me nice and burly. But but yeah, I, it, I would say that like when it comes to um, that, I haven't seen the live action, so I can't really form an opinion on those okay so you didn't see when um like beauty and the beast came out no last year or any of those yeah i haven't seen that so if you know if little mermaid is uh, one of the classics it's a beloved movie by you mm-hmm. how would you feel about it being remade oh i'd be excited okay. yeah I, okay. I would i would be interested so for that one it'd be bright as long as they do it well got it so you're only burly because you're not sure what they're like yet yeah got it okay that makes sense. How do you feel about cursive, the writing style, not the band? Bright. Yeah. Did you learn when you were in school? Yes. I do and do you find yourself still using that? All the time. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, neat. I, I do like uh, the aesthetics of it, of like good cursive handwriting. I'm like, ooh, that's nice. Were you already drawing when you learned cursive or was it a little bit of a like gateway drug into doing more drawing? Um, 
I think I, w- I was drawing before that, mm-hmm. and and then I saw cursive, and I saw the curves and the cursive, and I was like, ooh, I can I can integrate that into my art. So it kind of inspired me. You're like, hey, I like your curves. Yeah, cursive, cursive curves. <laughs> <laughs> Very nice. All right, uh, let us try this. How about okay? So I feel like you're a little bit on the technology cautious side. Mm-hmm. So what about rideshare electric scooters? Right, ooh. Yeah, bright or early. Ooh, that would be another burly. Oh, because you haven't tried it yet. Yeah. Or have you seen them? No, I, I don't think I they're don't think out. I've seen them. Yeah, I don't think they're out here yet. They started out in San Francisco and they're moving their way, you know, eastward. Yeah. Oh, just no. like any other. Well, yeah. just like the rideshare bikes, right? So now we've got two of the two of the companies here in town: the orange ones and the green ones. Oh yeah. Yeah, so essentially the same idea. You walk up to an electric scooter, you scan a credit card, or you go on the app, Mm -hmm. and you can start riding. Oh, man. That would be pretty interesting. Um, I'd say for that, then Bright. That sounds pretty exciting. I do know that with the bikes, there was a couple cities that were having problems with it because... Like, people would just scatter them everywhere. and Yeah, yeah, they would just park them on the sidewalk and they become tripping hazards and stuff, yeah. Yeah, I kept, like, tripping over them because I wouldn't see them because I'm not really, like, watching where I'm going and then I would trip over them and then, yeah. I'm trying to watch my noggin, you know, so. Yeah, I mean, you've got all that equipment on. Yeah. Maybe the face mask, instead of it being, uh, it should be transparent because I've noticed it's completely opaque. You can't see me at all. Yeah, you can't see I had to walk face. you over here, and so that is really, you're saving your eyes, too, for your art, I guess. Yeah, yeah, it, it's it's a way to, like, reserve as much uh, eye power. Yeah. Maximum. You only have so for, much eye power. Yeah, and um, for that, like, one hour that I work every day, I just take it off, I get it all out of my system, and then I put so it back on. 23 hours, you've got uh, the helmet, the opaque, your eyes are closed, yeah, it's That's like great. it's a portable. Uh, I call it a portable sensory deprivation tank. Oh, yeah, yeah, that makes sense because yeah. I did have to poke you quite a bit in order to make you realize that you were on the radio. <laughs> yeah, nice. All right, very good. How do you feel about and could you ever live in one? A tiny house, bright or early? Bright. Oh yeah, yeah. That was immediate. So yeah. you have you thought about this before? Yeah, I I do. I I want a tiny house, maybe just like just a an art studio, and um, I want to build it from scratch yeah. and be in the middle of probably nowhere and and have that. Yeah, that's my dream. And just let the animals come to you and inspire you. Yeah, kind of like Snow White yeah. in a way. Yeah. Yeah. Doing a lot of Disney references this morning. Yeah. But that's okay. A lot of Disney listeners. A lot of Disney listeners. Yeah. That's good. Disseners is what I call them. Disseners. Yep. Yeah, I do not call them that. If you're listening and you're from Disney, I apologize for saying that at or all. Dissers. Oh, no. <laughs> no, probably not that. Okay, last question for now. Mm-hmm. Cobbler, the dessert, not the person who fixes your shoes. Oh, um, bright. Okay. Yeah, I do like cobbler. You cobbler do. is good. Sweets are good. You uh, you have a sweet tooth. Yes. Excellent. Yeah. And do you have a like favorite, like, I'm not going to pass this up anytime I see it kind of thing? Um, that's like every dessert. Any thing? dessert. Any dessert. Okay. Yeah. Great. You can give me like old little Debbie snacks and I'm, I'm good to go. And you're happy. Yeah. Okay. As long as there's no turkey in them. Yeah, as long as there's no old turkey. Got it. Do you old have a favorite <laughs> little Debbie snack? 
Uh, I'm partial to the oatmeal cream pie thing that they make. Yeah, I I'm, I think all of them. I like like I don't know if they have like the cupcakes with the I don't know the names of them. It has a little like white oh, swirly on top. Uh, of course, now I can't think of it. I'm yeah. imagining them, but yeah, people are yelling at the radio right now. The name <laughs> of those things. Yeah, but yeah, that so those are it. good. Those are good. I actually ate a couple packs of those for breakfast. Yeah. Nice. It was kind of hard to get through the you know the sensory deprivation module that I'm in, but eventually yeah, so, I was able to. <laughs> I mean, you have you have the blender. I would imagine you just drink them like a smoothie because you yeah. can get a straw in there pretty easily. Yeah, the straw helps yeah. a lot. <laughs> Very nice. Well, let's leave it at that for now. Thank you, Samantha. And again, shoemaker. Art.com is a place that people can find you, but you're also on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, and it's S-H-U-M-A-K-E-R. Yes. Okay. So Shoemaker that way. My name is Nick. You're listening to a certain degree. Let's listen to a song, and we'll be back with Samantha. Uh, We started out with Tegan and Sarah with Someday, and this is Anne Brune uh, featuring Wendy McNeil with Common Bird. I thought this was a good one based on uh, one of your recent pieces. Mm-hmm. And so we can talk about that in a little bit. But Yay. this is Common Bird on WPRK, Winter Park, Florida. You're listening to a certain degree. It's Friday night. Do you know where your kitchen is? That made more sense in my head. Billy and the Commodore are two fine young musicians who make up the band the Kitchen Killers. They were on the radio with me back in January, and if you missed that, you can experience them multiple times a week on their Facebook page. They sing, they cook, they joke. Well, they don't cook, they eat. Other people cook, generally. It's a great time. They will come to your house for a free Friday night concert experience. Yes, I said free. I also said Friday, right? Friday is important because that's when they do it. It's a great time for the guests. It's good music. They can provide a cook if you need, and it's free. And Friday. I never know if I mention these things. Check them out. Follow them on Facebook at Kitchen Killers, K-I-L-L-A-Z, and book them for a gig. Back to the show. Ann Brune on WPRK, Winter Park, Florida. You're listening to a certain degree. Good morning. My name is Nick. I'm back here on Monday mornings, as I do every week with a very special guest. This week, it's Samantha Shoemaker. Good morning, Samantha. Good morning. Samantha can be found online all over the place. Um, would you say that as, a, as an artist, uh, that Instagram is your preferred sort of social media interaction destination? It's more visual. It's very focused on whatever the visual is, and you don't get, you know the Facebook or Twitter stuff that goes on with it, uh, the politics and all that. Yeah, I, I would say so. I, I, I'm not a fan of words. Yeah. So I, I just prefer anything visual. Okay. So like I like to communicate via um, hieroglyphs. So I love Instagram because then you have the emojis and all of that. Whereas like when there's too much words, yeah, it kind of takes away from the visual experience of the whole thing. Nice. So you can look up uh, Samantha Shoemaker on Instagram or just her at is Shoemaker Art. S-H-U-M-A-K-E-R. Yes. Art. Art. R-Art. There's an R and then art. Yes. Is what I was trying to convey. Yes. I didn't want to spell art because I don't want people to think I'm being um, 
uh, you know, making fun of them or any by any means that they can't spell art. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so thank you so much With for being here. I want to learn more a little bit about how you got here in terms of art in general. So you started drawing when you were young? Yes. And that was just something you were uh, you were good at, you were drawn to, no pun intended. Um, it was something <laughs> that, uh, uh, that you felt needed to be part of your life. Yeah, I, I was always I was always drawing any time that I could. I, I was just like doodling all the time. Um, and then as I got older, there would be kind of like time periods where I wouldn't draw as much, but I was always like doodling on my um, on my homework, on all my papers in school. I was always getting in trouble for that. And um, and then yeah, when I got older, I think that cumulative all that practice kind of like piles up over time when did you start working um and you may work in a number of different uh mediums i've, I've noticed what i've seen on instagram is it's typically one way and i'll let you describe it because i don't know exactly uh, the right terminology to use by any means but mm -hmm. when was it that you decided that you wanted to or you were going to work mainly in that uh that format um, it's mainly been a lot of experimentation, mm -hmm. um, because I would say before when I was fresh out of high school, it was, uh, very fantasy realistic type of, and it was still is, um, but it was more just graphite and colored pencil because that was all that I had access to at the time. Mm -hmm. And then I tried acrylic paint. Eventually, I got into oil painting, which allowed me to get a lot more uh, intricate with my designs. I would do very, like, gothic-inspired art. And then after that little phase now is when I'm getting more sci-fi and fantasy at the same time with, like, surreal elements. It's been a little bit of a just morphing over time. Very nice. Is it a is it a sketch and then you go to paint? Is it sometimes you just start with the paint if the if the muse or the creativity has struck you that way? Um, it changes for each piece. Okay. So some pieces I, I make a, a a like a, a Franken reference, which is like a like it, it's a on Photoshop. I just like collage everything together, and it looks terrifying. But in my head, it's like yes, this is what I have to create. And then in other ones, I go straight in. Um, and then for some pieces, there's like a drawing sketch and not like the Photoshop um, like reference. So it just like depends on my, my mood on that certain day. When or how do, well, both really, when and how do these uh, sort of visions of the final pieces come to you? Or is it a vision of a final piece? Do you just get a little bit of inspiration and then the final piece is revealed as you paint. Um, it's a little bit of both. It's it's kind of similar to how my sketching process. Sometimes I do have a visual of what I want to create, but that's rare. Most of the time, it's me just working on yeah. another piece, and then I'm like, oh, I'm gonna paint like uh, I have a like an idea of a woman with like mushrooms growing out of her head, and then like I'll just start painting that, and I just go with like my emotion that day it's like I'm gonna like add this texture to it and yeah a lot of muscle memory I think of like learning to play with like textures and because you, you, I mean you've done your 10,000 hours you know what you're doing at this point yeah almost I'm at 9,953 I think <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> 
Almost there. Nice. <laughs> All right. And uh, very humble. So thank you for that. Um, when you're writing, so I can kind of describe this, and you're writing a character, sometimes the character gets away from you. You, you think you're going to go this direction with the character, but it might take you somewhere else. Yeah. With your paintings, do you ever find that you have an idea and then the colors or the the topic kind of takes you in a completely different direction. Yes. With every piece, I would say, it's never what I initially imagined. It's always uh, a little bit different or very different in some cases. Oh, but, wow. But the gist of the idea stays the same. It's just the visuals that can change um, as I go. So sometimes maybe in your head it, you saw it as one color, but when you started getting it down on the uh, canvas, it became another? Yeah, exactly like that. It'll be like, oh, you know what? This idea is like maybe a little less blue. It's more like red and pink, which has just been like color palette lately. It's just <laughs> anything pink and red and, and blue together. And yeah, it, it happens without me purposefully planning. It just kind of just kind of happens that way. And I'm like, oh, that color palette again. Well, I think that's reflected in, um, you know, y you have a very organic look to the pieces that you do. Um, and what's interesting about doing, obviously, a, a radio uh, interview is we're trying to describe these things. So I would encourage everybody to go check it out. But really what I, I'd like to, you know, I'd like to talk to artists about is their process and how they came up with those things and mm -hmm. things of that nature. So um, in a nutshell... When somebody does ask you, we've tossed around uh, ethereal, we've, to we've tossed around the term surreal. Yeah. Um, how do you describe yourself? And are you a full-time artist? That was something I haven't asked yet. Yeah, so I am a full-time artist. I, I do this for most of my day. Um, that one hour when I have that sensory deprivation tank off, as you know. Um, and as far as uh, how I would describe it, it is... Um, kind of like it's it's creepy, right? It's got like creepy elements, but it's also very like bright and colorful. Mm -hmm. And it's got, like you said before, like we have that sci-fi kind of like alien-esque being sometimes with like different um, proportions of like yeah. limbs and like face. And then other times, not so much. They all have a weird thing with their eyes. So, um, yeah, every time my mom sees my uh, painting, she's like, where are the pupils? <laughs> the eyes look look very interesting. So yeah, I encourage anyone watching to, to like look at the eyes in my pieces to see what I'm talking about. But um, that's pretty much how I describe my my artwork. Very nice. So one of your pieces recently was very ocular related it was very eye related it had um and i can't remember the name of the piece but it was inspired by eye infections that I, uh, you tend to get yes uh and so was that your interpretation of how that sort of health issue makes you feel um it was it was a bit uh, um this is where like the creepy aspect comes into my wonderful work. yeah i have like we have um, a lot of creeps listening yes but awesome. that didn't sound right. <laughs> I'm one of them. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, I, I have, like, a, um, how do you say it? Like, a morbid curiosity. Sure. So I like to, like, watch, like, a medical journal or look, like, follow medical uh, Instagram pages. So, like, learning about different um, things, like, 
teratomas, which are like uh, they're tumors that grow teeth in uh, hair. So oh. it's it's very 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 cute. It's adorable. Uh-huh. <laughs> and so when with like the the conjunctivitis, I I just wanted to yeah capture like the creepy element and then also kind of appreciate like the human body in a way I guess to kind of like uh like how we were talking about um, being nice to your technology so it doesn't you know. Go against so you, yeah. So now you're being nice to your body yeah. as well, so that doesn't go against you. <laughs> yeah, so I'm like, oh, if I paint, you know, like, eyes with the eye infection, then I won't get any more eye infections, hopefully. You transferred it to the canvas. Yes. So now whoever buys it will get eye infections. Yes, that's that's, that's essentially what it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. no, I understand. I, I, I know art. Yeah. <laughs> I know enough about art to know that's how it works. Yeah, it, it's, you know, every piece that artist sell is kind of like we're all cursed with all of these different sure. things yeah. and each one has a different curse on it that we're trying to get rid of <laughs> That's not, well i mean so. not all artists do it that way mm-hmm. only the best ones exactly yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right joking of course uh because you can buy samantha's work and not be cursed um other than having the curse of good taste yes for buying it and putting it up in your house or right. a place of business, wherever mm-hmm. you might like to uh, uh, to put it. Um, when you're working on a piece, I was really interested to find out. I had an artist on recently who names her pieces uh, after they're done once she figures out what sort of, um, uh, and she does a lot of stuff that's celestial related, that's uh, astronomy related. Um, so what she, when she's looking at it, what that inspires in her. Mm-hmm. So one of the pieces was uh, uh, one of the moons, I think Europa, mm-hmm. uh, one of the moons of Jupiter. Oh, wow. It was like an icy moon, and so it reminded her of ice and desolation, mm-hmm. and so that's what she named it. When you're going into it and uh, in your naming convention or you're thinking about the topic, is that something that strikes you at the beginning, at the end, or is it kind of it just all comes to you as you're doing it? Um, usually I don't think about the name until I'm all done and then people are like, what's the name of it? And I just like, what's the first word that pops into my head? Oh, good. And, and so then it just pops. It's kind of similar. I kind of look at it and I'm like, what does this remind me of? And then like, I'll think of a word and I'm like, this word fits. Now, does the definition make sense? And I'll look at the definition and then sure enough, it sometimes Hopefully fits. It does, and, yeah. yeah, if not like. Uh, I gotta wait a little longer until another word pops into my head. Is there, for example, the piece that you just put up recently was the woman and sort of this um, half of her is kind of off to the side, so it's almost like she's traveling or maybe it's time traveling or something. Do you create a narrative around your pieces? Are you are you thinking, okay, this is who the woman is and this is where she started out and uh, this is what's happening to her? Um, it's, it, it really depends on the piece. Some pieces are more, uh, I'm trying to get out like a, a visual representation of a feeling. Um, some of them do have more backstory. Some of them have like, uh, symbolic meaning mm-hmm. for that one. Uh, dichotomy is like parts of a whole. So I wanted to capture, um, maybe like a woman who's like fractured into different pieces in different realities, kind of like time traveling in a way. Is that 
are your pieces like that one? Is that something that's deeply personal or is that just something you were trying to represent a feeling that you had or something you saw in the world and you're like, okay, this is going to be my representation of that. Um, as for that piece, I think that it was more of a spur of the moment, like an idea that I had. Um, I had been frustrated uh, one day because I was trying to sketch out ideas for five hours. And I was like, I couldn't get an idea out. And I was just like drawing and drawing and drawing. And then finally, like this idea came together and I was like, this is it. This is the one. Um, but it kind of came from the back of like my subconscious. It was... It wasn't planned. I, there wasn't anything in particular that was in my mind. It just kind of formed. And I was like, yes, I like this. Is it, so as far as inspiration goes, do you find that just sketching and continuing to keep working through is the thing that works for you the best? Or is it kind of random? Sometimes lightning will strike in the middle of the night and you have to get up and draw something out. Like when does the muse speak to you or do you have a obviously I need more muse in my life so what's the shortcut that I can use that you have and I can steal it from you obviously yeah so as far as like the muse I actually keep my muse in my backpack so I can allow you to borrow my muse oh, every perfect. once in a while Great. <laughs> uh, but as far as like when the inspiration strikes sometimes I have to work through it um, like being an artist that works all of the time um, you do have to kind of always know how to work through it, even when you feel like you have art block. Sometimes I do get ideas in the middle of the night and I have to sketch it out. That's happened to me before. And uh, and then sometimes it's just kind of random. And then, you know, our mental banks has so much that there's never going to be a shortage of ideas, mm -hmm. but it just feels like it sometimes. So I think working through it, usually or playing with different mediums sometimes you got to just take a break and take a seven mile hike and oh, okay and 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 like yeah just give yourself some space from it yeah give yourself some space from it and then once you're back and you can you can think of new ideas yeah so speaking of other mediums i mean so this is you know your bread and butter is the oil paintings um but you do other things as well right i noticed you and uh, your partner uh, Ryan just worked on a mural, I think. Yes. Yeah. So you're, you're doing other things as well. Do you feel like that's the way to stay sharp on your regularly scheduled artwork for lack of a better term? Yes, definitely. Having a variety of different things to do definitely makes it a lot more, um, interesting and you bring something home every single time that like, uh, like going hiking, um, putting on a tail and like swimming, you know, in the springs and like having different interests and, and, and playing with different mediums. Like, it's like sculpting and then without any uh, expectations, like going at it from like, I could completely fail at this, but uh, it's something that you need to do to, you know, have fun and, and have something to balance the, the seriousness of sometimes being an artist. Well, yeah, because you don't want it to be... I mean, it's, it's a job, mm -hmm. but it, it, to be creative all the time, you can't feel exactly like a job. Yeah. Do you... Okay, so let me ask you this, and let's talk a little bit about... Uh, we're coming up to the end of the first hour. Uh, some of the things that you have going on around, but you sell uh, the original work. Mm -hmm. uh, you sell the prints. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, do you do commission work as well? I do occasionally. Sometimes um, when I'm like uh, feeling a little more open to doing commissions, I'll, I'll do that as long as it fits with the, the style that I do already mm-hmm. work in or something that I'm interested in. It doesn't even have to exactly be my style. Um, but uh, occasionally, yeah, I do yeah. commissions. Do you look for someone to work with that has a particular idea in mind or an idea of how to work with you? Like if somebody said, for example, I want it to be exactly your style, but mm-hmm. I want it to look exactly like this uh, versus I, I really like this type of bird. Can you do something with that? Mm-hmm. Is there a particular like way to work with you best when it comes to a commission? So I've had a lot of really awesome commissions. Uh, a couple of them, they usually do kind of go around like already some of my interests that I have. So like if someone like I had this um, this wonderful couple who they got married on Halloween and they had like kind of a like Frankenstein and like Frankenstein's bride kind of thing going on. Nice. And so it was all about that. So I did a commission like that. And then or, or if not, like um, usually people ask me like, oh, they'll give me like the person, like a loved one, and they're like, oh, can you make something out of this? And, and then I, I turn it into like, yeah, my my visuals and science fiction sometimes, sometimes more on the the side of like fairy tales. So mm-hmm. like centaur, can you turn my boyfriend into a centaur? And I'm like, oh yeah, I'll do that. <laughs> <laughs> True story. <laughs> nice. Uh, so along with online, there are a couple of places that we can see your work out and about in the world. Uh, something that just opened was at the La Bodega Gallery. Is that here in town? That is actually in California. It is in California. In San I looked Diego. It up. Yeah. yeah. Okay, very cool. Yeah, that was really fun. And so they're going to have that uh, throughout the month of March. Was that sort of coinciding some of the pieces there with uh, 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 National or Women's Month? Yes. Yep. That was uh, Venus, which was the women's art show in La Bodega. They had so many amazing artists, and thankfully, that like, it was really cool because I have a lot of friends on Instagram, like one from Indonesia, one from like California and from all over the place. And they were all in that show. So I felt like like all of our art together under one roof was just like so cool. That's great. Mm-hmm. And then you have a couple of others coming up. Uh, there is the Crucible Gallery that's opening in May. It's something called Thicket. Yes. And, and that's is that online? That's going to be completely online, so you can see the work, my work, as well as many other amazing artists who are going to be showcasing on that one. It's going to be a fairy tale group art show, but unusual or not common fairy tales. So instead of like your typical fairy tales, it'll be kind of like the Wendigo and, you know, things that are are uh, not as common. Oh, so okay. it'll be cool. So did you have to, when you were researching that, did you have to dig down and look for something that you wanted to, uh, that you wanted to paint? Yeah, I'm still uh, deciding exactly what I'm going to paint. It's, right now it's between the Wendigo because I, I've been doing, I did three concepts for the Wendigo and, and for each one I'm like, nope, this isn't quite right. There's a lot of scrapping of ideas. Like yeah. I'll start, I'll spend like 20 hours on something and then I'm like, no, that's not exactly where I wanted to go. So keep doing that and over and over and then there was another one and i can't remember what it was but it was a skinless like centaur and that's like a yeah that's horrifying yeah it's very scary but it's it's something that i'm like that would be kind of cool to paint and the wendigo is like a yeti or like an abominable snowman type of situation a bigfoot almost so it's a um 
similar to the other thing, kind of like skinless. You could see its bones and it has like a, it's supposed to be a woman and it has a like horns. I was way off. (laughs) Wow. Yeah. And, and she's really hungry. So she's, I, I can, um, relate. This is why I want to paint this one because I can relate in that like, oh, I'm always hungry. So she just keeps it and she eats people. Yeah, I was going to say the hunger is a slightly different, I would imagine. Little Debbie snack cakes versus humans. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. (laughs) Very nice. Well, I look forward to that. Oh, and then there's one other show that you had mentioned, the the Sirens show. The Sirens show. Oh, okay. So that one is still in in pre-production of okay. like thinking of that one so this is the mermaid obsession that i'm like very brainstorming nice. about so but yeah. this is so in general the best way to find your current work um what you're working on so the in progress things that you're doing see some videos of you is to go online uh go to shoemakerart.com you can find links to instagram and youtube and the videos and all of those things is that right yes on okay. all of those S-H-U-M-A-K-E-R-A-R-T dot com. If you don't have time to spell it or you're driving your car, please don't write down art and drive. I think it's the message that you always hear on this show. We'll send Uh, it telepathically. Yes, is just look up Samantha Schumacher on the Google. You'll find her for sure. So that's the end of the first hour. Can you believe it? It goes by fast. I can't believe that. Let's play a song and we'll regroup here. We'll do some stretches. Uh, we might dance a little bit because this is a really good song. This is a uh, uh, couple of covers. Patty Casey featuring the Dublin Gospel Choir. Uh, so he's going to cover a song by Bill Withers and then a song by Blackstreet, all as one song. Whoa. I'm not going to tell you what those songs are because you're going to hear them in a second. Oh, I'm excited. Okay, good. On WPRK, Winter Park, Florida, you're listening to a certain degree. If April showers bring May flowers, then this April will bring five Mondays. That doesn't make any sense. That's five episodes of To a Certain Degree, five really cool people being interviewed on WPRK. That includes returning guest Victoria Walsh, the macrame mama, on April Fool's Day. Liz Dewar is on April 8th. She's with Orlando, the donut pop-up. So there will be treats, one would think. Liz, if you're listening, there will be treats. The 15th, another returning guest, Ryan Revis of Borough Press. We're going to get literary on WPRK. Literally. Art on the 22nd, that's the topic. The guest is artist Ryan Semple. And finally, on the 29th, musician Katie Patton will be on the show. What a time to be alive. Tune in to WPRK at 91.5 FM. If you're in the Orlando area, stream it live on your computer or phone at WPRK.org or subscribe and get the podcast version of each episode back to the show. Raphael Sadiq on WPRK, Winter Park, Florida. You're listening to A Certain Degree. Good morning. My name is Nick. This is the beginning of the second hour. I'm here every week from 7 to 9 a.m. And every week I have a very special guest today. Samantha Shoemaker is here. Good morning, Samantha. Good morning. Thank you so much for staying. I know yeah. I locked the door and prevented you from leaving, but thank you so much for staying. Yeah, it's completely fine. And like it kinda it kinda helps too with like the signals of our telepathy when yes. the door is closed. When the door is closed and locked. Yes. And you're you're forced to listen to me 
both uh, out loud and in my head. Yes. Oh, indeed. so nice. So nice. Um, this is the part where I do definitely force people to listen to. This is uh, Bad Business Ideas. Ooh. So, yeah, we're going to do that right now. After we play the song, though, we have to play the song first. Yeah. Bad Business Ideas. It's time to be just one. It's going to be totally legal. We hope it won't hurt anyone. So come on. Yes, bad business ideas. We don't ask why not. We ask why. Why would anybody think of these things? Let me uh, ask you about this one before we get to your bad business ideas. And these are, these are ideas that I've had in the past, and I'm trying to get help. People love to help me improve my ideas, mm-hmm. I feel like, especially when they're trapped on my radio show yeah. and they have little to no choice. So what I was thinking of, I'm, I'm, I'm a big typewriter enthusiast. Mm-hmm. And what I've noticed is you can only really do one thing with a typewriter, and that's generally type out words. Mm-hmm. You can't do much else. What I'd like to think about is a specific application for typewriters in the garden. Interesting. So, yeah, if we can get paper made out of manure or other compostable item, Mm-hmm. And then when you're typing, instead of it putting letters on, it's actually putting seeds into the paper. Ooh. So you can create a drawing, a rendering, or some other way of inserting these seeds onto the paper. You put it under a, you know, a little bit of soil, mm-hmm. a little topsoil action, and then water it. And you can have any pattern you want in the garden. Wow. What do you think about something like that? Is that something you'd be interested in? This is a good business idea. How do, how do I invest all of my money into this? Well, just wait. There's more. Oh, there's more. Oh, yeah. Samantha, may I call you Samantha? Yes. Great. Have you ever argued with anyone about anything? Um, no. No? Never. Well, most people do. Most people argue all the time. Mm-hmm. And if you're like me, the other person is always wrong. Mm-hmm. And it's... There's sometimes you can go on your phone because we have the sum of all human knowledge on your phone. Mm -hmm. And so to prove your point who the 42nd president was or what year the Louisiana Purchase was, those types of things, you can go on your phone and prove it. Mm -hmm. Um, But sometimes that's not enough. Yeah. You know, because I can't, like, go and look it up on my phone. If you and I are arguing about uh, a certain piece or... Uh, uh, Mary Curie's birthday, for example. Mm -hmm. I don't want to just slam my phone down and show you that I'm right. I want to do something that's really over the top and in your face. Yeah. Is that sometimes you've felt that way before? Yeah, actually, now that I think of it. Yeah, every day probably. Every day. Mm -hmm. Wow, that's pretty often. Um, And that's, yeah, uh, that's what I do too. Uh, But... Instead of doing your phone, instead of throwing your phone down or otherwise uh, throwing it in their faces with technology or mm-hmm. just your words, we're going to do that with glitter. Ooh. So the glitter end is a new company we're going to start, mm-hmm. and we're going to have all the answers to life's various questions in glitter form. So you know how in glitter they can have, like, words and stuff? Yeah. That's the idea. So wow. if you want to, we might have a little packet of all the presidents and so mm-hmm. it'll come in a little tube, mm-hmm. and if it's if the answer is Grover Cleveland and you know the answer, you can just start pouring that glitter on somebody, showing them that you're right, 
Yeah. They're wrong. Mm-hmm. And they'll be ashamed for, I don't even know how long they'll, they'll be, be ashamed, ashamed for. They'll be ashamed for a long time because a that, long time. that glitter stays on you for, for I think, years. Yeah. I think the half-life of glitter is like 100 years. Well, apparently they call glitter the STD of the craft world. It, it, it really never goes is. away. It doesn't go away. Yeah. There's no treatment for it at all. Right. Modern science is completely stumped by... It's baffled. It's baffled. So I think it's a wonderful idea. Yeah. So you might have to carry a lot of tubes around, obviously, or mm-hmm. you might have to steer the conversation to whatever it is you have the tube for. Yeah, definitely. I think if, like, f- this is a great thing for me because I watch a lot of YouTube videos mm-hmm. that are, like, top 10, so I have very specific... Uh, fun facts that only I know the answer to. And so, like, I'll have it prepared, and then I can ask. Very nice. Yeah, have that ready to go. So what do you think about, like, a tube of the month club? Tube, yes. So we send you a tube every month. Like, let's say for April, the Mm -hmm. theme is dead celebrities. Yes. So it could be that uh, you get two tubes. One says alive, Mm -hmm. and one says not alive. Mm-hmm. So if you're trying to figure out if Abe Vigoda is still mm-hmm. alive, mm-hmm. Um, and you know that he is, as we yeah. all do, but you're mm-hmm. arguing with someone who doesn't know, mm-hmm. and you look it up, and then you pour the alive glitter on that person. Yeah. Especially if they're eating. Imagine if they're eating and you get it in their food. Oh, that's, that's, you How amazing really would that get be? that. That'd be amazing. Yeah. I mean, yeah. that's Instagrammable right there. Yeah, I think so. As far as I understand about Instagram, that is a moment that you want to put on Instagram for everyone to see yeah. what kind of person you are. You can start a hashtag too. Yep. Glitter yeah. end. You can, you can start like, there's just so much applications for that. Putting the glitter in the food. Sometimes like. Just having it ready to go. Sometimes with strangers, you know, oh, you, especially s- with strangers. you can strike up a conversation with them just ready to go with that glitter. I think it's a hey, great idea. It's a wonderful idea. What do you think about uh, Betty White? And they say, oh, I really miss her or something like that. Yeah. Hey, she's still alive. Glitter. Oh, but that might be hard with like conspiracy theorists. That might, that'll be kind of difficult. The people who think, I, oh, oh no. they're still alive. I, I know. Yeah. I know who they are. Mm-hmm. I feel like it would be even more satisfying if I'm, you know, if I have a, th- a tube of glitter that says round and I'm throwing it at a flat earther. Yeah, you know, that. that's 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 true. Yeah. That's a good idea. I don't know that we have a lot of flat earther listeners, but <laughs> they just turned off the show. So I'm not sure how to feel about that. Okay, so that's idea. That's just mm-hmm. idea number one. Wow. The glitter end. We have another idea. Ooh. You are... An artist. Yes. You're a working artist. You're a full-time artist. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you get art block. Sometimes the creative vision isn't coming. Yeah. What do you do in those scenarios? We talked about a couple of things that you do. You go for a walk. You uh, maybe work in another medium. You take a break from whatever it is that you're doing. Mm-hmm. Now, what if we had a way to push you to continue? So we find ways... In other venues for and for other types of performers, mm-hmm. um, and I'm sorry, I don't mean to say that you know art is a performance, but you know you have to do something. I'm just thinking about it mm-hmm. from uh, that perspective. Um, what if we could translate that to the art world? And I'll give you an example: athletes. Mm-hmm. They perform in front of large cheering audiences. Mm-hmm. So let's say you're stuck. Mm-hmm. Let's say you're feeling like. I don't know if I can do this anymore. 
I'm not sure I was ever a really good artist. Uh, why can't I come up with anything new? When you're that way, we're going to put you in front of a huge audience who will cheer for you. Wow. Yeah. That would be very nice. Don't you think? I, I mean, think it could so go too. the other way. Like, you, you are in a fairly vulnerable state, mm-hmm. right? So maybe you don't want to be in front of a bunch of people. But, hey, if it works for an athlete, if it works for a musician at a concert who's feeding off the energy yeah. of those people. That's so true. we'll bring that audience to you. It's called Wonder Pressure. Ooh. Yeah, I, I'm good with names. I like these names. I think that uh, I think that we might be giving too many ideas away. Uh, that's fine. Anybody who's listening knows that they're under an obligation just by listening that they can't steal any of my ideas without uh, paying me for them. That's true. Or they're gonna get the right. the glitter. Yeah. Oh, yeah. they'll get some glitter. They'll get some glitter. They'll get some. Yeah. It's gonna say lawsuit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. Um, so wonder pressure. So we might look at other ways that people are encouraged to do things. The thing that came to mind, obviously, was the big crowds. Yeah. On uh, electric scooters, maybe we can combine the business. They can just go from artist to artist. Yeah. They go yeah. in yep. flocks. Yep. They get. They have kind of like you can have an app, and then you're. I need an audience. So I wonder if we have like encouraging glitter instead mm-hmm. of just being right glitter. Like yeah. it just says, "You're great. Keep it up." That's. I Hopefully, think we don't get glitter on your painting. That sounds perfect. Yeah. Or if it gets on the painting, you know, it's, it's it can be part, part of, of the story. That's yeah. Just part of it. It's just part of it. I like that. I like that. What are you thinking overall, in terms of your choices here today, the glitter end. Or wonder pressure. Is this a tough one for you? This is a tough one. Yeah. Because, I mean, you Um, go to a lot of investment opportunities type of conferences. You're a franchisee of a number of different organizations. mm -hmm. And so you know business. Yeah. There's one thing I know. Working artists know business. Yeah. You have to. To be a working artist? Yeah, you have to know business. You You have have to to balance some stuff. You have to know a great idea when it comes. And these ideas are, I think, the best ideas that I've heard in a very long time. At least this this morning. Since the iPhone. Yeah, Yeah. since this morning. Um, I think that the the portable audience is something something really special. Something that I think that a lot of people will be on board for. And you can also... Uh, integrated with multiple technologies, you know, I think that's true. You could do tele telepathic uh, portable audiences that cheer, but you're getting like you know res- receivers of that. Oh, so yeah, like praying for somebody, but directed at the person, not God. You know, per uh, me praying to God, and then God hitting up that person hitting with inspiration. That. I'm going yes. directly to the artist. Directly to the artist. I like that. Yes. I think that those are really, really great ideas. I actually have one idea, too, for a business. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I thought of this uh, in the middle of the night one day, and um, it's called, it's kind of like Hooters, but it's called Scooters. And it's these people, and they're on scooters, and they go around and they serve the food on scooters. But then I thought of, like, the... um, the whole liability thing, like, you know, scooters, they tend to hit your ankles, like, if it, like, sure. whips around. Yeah. So I'm not sure if it'll work anymore. Unless what, we can levitate. And just I, I think people. we could do some maglev scooters. Mm-hmm. What I also like about it is if we can somehow equip the scooters with a way to make, like, certain foods right there at the table. 
Ooh. So there's some immediacy to it. Hey, Scooter do you want some? hibachi? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Like that? Yes. Yeah. Or like a little tempura type of thing where you can deep fry something real quick. Mm -hmm. Like maybe you have some stuff at your table and you're like, hey, do you want me to deep fry any of that? Mm -hmm. like, yeah, this egg roll. Yeah. I mean, it's already deep fried, but mm -hmm. why not hit it again? That's true. And you can serve the food off the scooter. So you ride on the scooter and then you, oh, here's your tempura fried so, uh, egg. I, and I don't know much. I didn't work, like growing up, some people work retail, some people work food service, um, you know, other things. I didn't work in a restaurant. Mm -hmm. But my understanding of a restaurant is the kitchen takes up a lot of space. Mm -hmm. Space you can normally have for more people. Yes. So if you got rid of the kitchen, if you made the kitchen mobile in the restaurant. Yes. And it's just moving around from table to table and serving them, you know, you can see it being made and here they come for me and there's my burger. Oh, sorry, I didn't want mine well done. So they're doing one more lap and there it is. Oh, I guess oh. it's not well done yet. Okay, here they go again. Oh, here's my burger. There it I'm is. I'm not hungry anymore. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's a great idea. I like it. I and like it. So let's work on a name. Mm -hmm. Let's just do this one instead of all the other ones. You like my scooter idea? I love it. Oh, wow. Okay, I good. I love it. That and makes by me being so on the happy. show and pitching it on the show, mm -hmm. I own half, technically. Oh, okay. Yeah, I don't know if you saw that in the contract. That's oh. just one of any ideas you have or anything you describe that I can somehow monetize mm -hmm. becomes mine automatically. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. Are you going to take my art business too? No, 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 oh, no. I okay. don't think I could run that successfully. Okay. <laughs> my understanding is that your art business works because you're incredibly talented and you're a wonderful artist. Oh, thank so you. So if I took it, mm -hmm. it would crash and burn. Oh, no. Yeah. Well, I don't know with the glitter. I mean, you could do some like glitter abstract with some performance art of the audience. I have wanted to do some interpretive dance for the longest time. Yeah. Let's, why don't we play a song and I'll do some interpretive dance for you. And you let me know what you think. Sounds awesome. Okay, I was okay. wondering where was that pause there, so I wasn't sure. Uh, well, since we just did Bad Business Ideas, this would be an appropriate song. This is Joshua Raiden featuring Patty Griffin. You got grown up to do. Yeah. I'm looking at you, but really I'm looking at the reflection in your eyes. I'm talking to myself. Oh, you're talking to yourself. I'm now. looking internal. Well, I am too. Oh, but the, the reflection of those glasses. The goggles yeah. that you have on. The goggles. Yeah. I can see directly. It's such a good look. I hope that you start a trend with the, the fully immersive uh, helmet. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, that's really good. Uh, thank you so much, Samantha. Shoemaker is my guest. Shoemaker Art. Com. If you missed any of the show today, it will be up as a podcast uh, by next Monday or so. Yes. Uh, you can listen to it again. You can listen to the entire thing. That'll be up at toacertaindegree.com. Or you can subscribe at iTunes or Google Play or Stitcher or Spotify, basically anywhere you can get a podcast. Yay. You can listen to this. You can watch through the window if you wanted to. Okay. No. No, no. <laughs> let's not encourage that. Uh, Joshua Radin featuring Patty Griffin on WPRK. Let's in do Lunar some Park, interpretive Florida. dance. Okay, interpretive dance coming up. What do you do on March 31st, Sunday, March 31st? Put down your brunch and your mimosas for a little while and go to the Orlando Flea at the Saline in downtown Orlando. You're going to meet artists, jewelry makers, coffee roasters, shirt providers, vintage people, and many more. Did I mention they're all local? They are. 
Several have been interviewed on the show, like Deli Fresh Threads, The Macrame Mama, and Secret Society Goods. Others I know from doing markets, and they are lovely people who just haven't been on the show yet. My goal is to have everyone on the show at some point. I'm kidding, that's too many people. I know what you're thinking, Nick, I've never been to a local market and I'm not sure how to act professionally. I got you, three quick tips. One, don't be afraid to talk to the vendors. They put a lot of passion and time into their work. Tell them how cool it is. Two, there are gonna be a lot of desserts and treats from different vendors. Pick some up with the intention of bringing them to work on Monday and it's okay if they never make it to work on Monday. Three, bath bombs look like candy. Don't do what I did. Don't eat them by accident. It's not a Tide Pod challenge. And even though it looks delicious, it's a bath bomb. Orlando Flea is put on by the wonderful people at the Daily City. Well, there's really just one person, I think, Mark Baratelli. It's from noon to four, free to get in. Orlando Flea. Now back to the show. Joshua Rayton featuring Patty Griffin with You Got Grown Up To Do. Good morning. My name is Nick. You're listening to A Certain Degree on WPRK, Lunar Park, Florida. Samantha Shoemaker is here. Good morning, Samantha. Good morning. I have a question for you. So full-time artist, you know, there's sort of this stigma attached to uh, being an artist, whether it's in the theater arts or visual arts or uh, recording arts, you know, the starving artist, Mm -hmm. right? So coming out of high school, Mm-hmm. what were sort of your expectations for yourself? Did you think, I'm going to become an artist and they need to do this? Did you not know exactly what you're going to do? And in general, what was the pressure on you uh, in terms of your next choice? Um, as far as when I first got out of uh, high school, I kind of didn't know what I wanted to do. So uh, the first thing I said was like, well, what if I do nothing at all? And I tried that for about a year. I did nothing at all. And that wasn't very fun. Um, it, was, it, was, it wasn't any goals. So then I found out that um, you could go to college. And I was like, oh, college is an option. So I ended up going to college for, I started kind of general education. Um, I really like psychology. Mm-hmm. So I started research, like uh, going with the general direction of psychology, like taking classes that were centered around that I like science so um then after a while then I while I do love psychology I was like "Mm, psychology is a hobby and then I was uh going into more education because then I was like oh education would be fine like fun you know I, I like to be around kids they're really funny but uh, after doing a couple observations, I found that, you know, like you have to do other things. Like you can't just hang out with kids and laugh. Right. So They're not as funny as you thought. Yeah. Yeah. They were kind of mean. Yep. You know, they said my, they said, oh, you look funny. And I was like, oh, oh. <laughs> crying. Wow. Yeah. They're very, they're, they're very, you got to be careful around them. Um, they, they helped me build my self-confidence though. Because uh, I learned to stand up to them and be like, you can't, okay. you can't call me names. Um, but eventually, yeah, like while, uh, teaching was interesting, uh, I started watching YouTube videos and there was a girl who would do art, art videos mm-hmm. and, um, she was around my age and she was creating these beautiful pieces and she was talking about how she was, uh, making a living, making the art. And she talked about 
her process and I was like oh you know art is something that I always I would rush all my homework in college so I can do art I never considered it as a job were you taking art classes at all no wow okay yeah it was just like a hot like a hobby I would finish I would rush like all my homework uh, doing writing cursive uh for for kids like teaching kids cursive and then I would like quickly like just start drawing after that and um from there I I began to take it more seriously and then I started to kind of form a, a plan for doing art and I was like I'll give it a try you know I have nothing to lose uh still being like young and and having like uh not so many uh, uh responsibilities and, and debts, obligations yeah. and, and debt and all of that so I just decided to go with that and that's what I've been doing ever since oh wow yeah that worked out really well did you uh did you finish college I, I got my AA mm-hmm. in college, and then I had started uh, my bachelor's for elementary education in art. And, um, yeah, I still I, I still do love uh, elementary education, and I still love psychology, and I still incorporate those into my artwork and hope to, like, inspire young children. And then I also love, like, science and integrating that. So it's kind of like those interests are still there, but they're, they're more of their hobbies for me. And then the art is, it's kind of opposite of what everybody else is. You know, art is usually the hobby. Yeah, For my exactly. art is the career and everything else is the is hobby. hobby. Yeah. Do you ever feel pressure? Um, so my experience was I went to college and I wasn't ready. I ended up dropping out and then bouncing around to, to different schools. And afterwards, uh, you know, I was 25, I think, when I got my bachelor's degree. Mm-hmm. And at the time... Uh, you know, that was, it felt like based on what everybody thought of the right way, which was to go to college 18, take four years and be done with it. Mm-hmm. I felt like I had done it wrong. Mm-hmm. So I always kind of felt like um, until, you know, the last 10 years or so that I had not done the path correctly. Mm-hmm. And then in working with a lot of non-traditional students, students who didn't finish their degree, you know, it made me really reconsider my biases in terms of, you have to go to college to be successful. That is not true. Mm -hmm. You have to get a bachelor's degree or you're not going to get a job. That's not true. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, do you feel that or anything like that? Do you feel pressure maybe to go back one day? Or is that something like maybe I will if I feel like it, Mm -hmm. but it's not something that I absolutely have to have? Yeah, um, I think that if you have the opportunity and the resources to go to college and learn more and expand your knowledge on everything, then I think by all means, it's a great option for a lot of people. Uh, for me at this current moment, it's, um, it's not exactly my number one priority to go back to college, but I can see why people would, would consider going back to it. Um, I think that like there's a lot you can learn from professors there's a lot of people you can meet that are going to be very important for a lot of artists but I do agree with you that it's not necessarily I don't think that everybody needs to go to college I think that depending on what career path you want to take I think that like brain surgeons definitely should go to college and they definitely should learn um Oh, you feel iffy about that? I'm okay with the brain surgeons. I feel like for the brain, you're going to want the experience more than the knowledge. Mm, that is true. Like, I, the only thing I ever think of is, you know, in some of the movies and pop culture references where they're poking at the brain and, like, the body is doing different things. Yeah. That's how you're going to learn. That's true. Just getting in there, getting your hands dirty on a brain. 
you know, I think that that, that that's definitely true. Yeah. I think you changed my mind about I, that. I do tend to change people's minds yeah. about a lot of things. Just poking? Or they just agree with me to get out quicker. Yeah. Yeah. There's like a way. part, if you poke inside of your ear a little deep, you feel like your your right arm just like flings up. Oh, yeah. That's, yeah. That's proven. That's yeah. why they say don't go too deep with the Q-tip because what will happen is you'll smack the person <laughs> next to you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's exactly what I thought when I did that. I was like, oh, man. Oh, but I, sorry. But I did, feel, <laughs> I did feel a little more uh, like I was more uh, able to be a brain surgeon because of that experience. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, it got you one step closer. One step closer. When you're working, shifting gears here, um, what are you doing uh, as far as audio goes? You know, so you're painting very ethereal works you've got this wonderful looking studio at your house i believe Mm -hmm. um so you have you know what looks to be a really good setting to be creative Mm -hmm. in your house you've built something that uh that lends itself to that what are you doing music wise do you have music going do you work typically in silence is it somewhere in between maybe podcasts or there's a movie in the background uh, usually, in um, because of the sensory deprivation portable tank that I have, I don't hear anything. I can only hear like my own blood flowing. Uh, oh, I think you turn it <laughs> off when you're painting, though. Oh, but like the earpieces stay. Oh, on. the earpieces, yeah, so it's just the visor. Yeah, gets. yeah, yeah. Usually, um, but I do, I, I do have ninety one point five playing in through telepathically uh-huh. sometimes. Uh-huh. Uh, but in all seriousness, I do. Uh, I love podcasts. Yeah, and podcasts by comedians are my favorite. And um, but then sometimes music, like. Um, when I look to the right here, there's actually different uh, genres laid out. And, and my personal favorite was, uh, I believe it was Crust Punk. Crust Punk is good. Crust Punk is the, good. I would imagine that would go with some of the things that you're uh, painting very well. Yes, definitely. <laughs> um, but but yeah, mainly podcasts as of yeah. late. It's, it's been like Bobby Lee podcasts. Um, oh, he's great. He's so yeah. funny. Yeah. Uh, was that Tiger Belly? Tiger Belly, yeah. yeah. Tiger Belly podcast. I like, um, I love Tom Segura's Your Mom's House. Those are really funny. So I like to be laughing when I'm painting. Interesting, because some of the, I mean, some of the subject matter is pretty serious, but mm-hmm. you know, I always think of it, and maybe it's a little bit of a cliche, that if you're drawing something dark or, you know, a little bit disturbing is maybe not the right word, but a mm-hmm. little bit more out there or creepy um yeah a little creepy uh then you would want to have something creepy going on in the background but Mm -hmm. uh not the case necessarily for you yeah for me it's it's a complete opposite i like to listen to funny like funny things and i guess it it could some of some of the stuff that they do talk about on the podcast do have a little bit of dark and dark a little dark undertones but um but overall yeah i don't know i think it's a good balance of both that really, but but I do listen to like true crime too. Like oh, okay. Those also, yeah, those also kind of get my creative thoughts flowing. Your creative creepy. Creative creepy thoughts. Yeah. Yes, I like that. My my genre of art is creative creepy. <laughs> I, I like that. Yeah. And I will have to do uh, uh, new business cards for you. Yeah. With that on it. Uh, Well, let's play a song. I picked one that is a little bit creative and a little bit creepy. 
Uh, this is by a band called Yui. It's just U-I. And uh, we have Lasseria. Uh If you want to look up what uh, Creative Creepy is and what it looks like, shoemakerart.com, S-H-U-M-A-K-E-R-A-R-T.com. Samantha Shoemaker is my very special guest today. My name is Nick. I don't know if I ever introduced myself because I'm not the important one here. Samantha is. Uh, and you're listening to A Certain Degree on WPRK, Winter Park, Florida. Woo! This episode was recorded live on March 11th, 2019 on WPRK 91.5 FM. You will hear things on WPRK that you won't hear anywhere else. It's college radio. All the DJs are volunteers. Check out the show list online or just tune in whenever you have a chance. There's always something interesting happening, so listen early and often. Back to the show. Yui with Luceria on WPRK, Winter Park, Florida. My name is Nick. Good morning. You're listening to A Certain Degree. I've got a very special guest, as I do every week. Samantha Shoemaker is here. I keep catching myself from saying Schumacher. I just want you to know... Mm-hmm. I'm doing pretty good. Yes. I'll probably on the last one, I'll probably mess it up. And you're, how, how do you say yours again? Is it Jordina now? Yes. Jordina now. Jordina now. <laughs> when do you need it? Jordina now. <laughs> yep. That's exactly. Do, do you need it now? Yep. <laughs> okay. Gotcha. That's it. That's how we there say it. There it is. <laughs> uh, so this part of the show, normally doing a pop quiz, but it's a very special birthday today. Uh, for someone who's no longer with us, an author who was very influential for me and for a lot of people, uh, Douglas Adams mm-hmm. was born on this day in 1952. He passed away, I think, in 2002 or 2003. So he wrote the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy books. Mm-hmm. Um, he was known for a couple of other things. There was a series of books called uh, Dirk Gently's Holistic Detective Agency. He worked on a lot of radio stuff in uh, Great Britain. Uh, back in the 60s and 70s, and he did some work on uh, Monty Python's Flying Circus as well. So very funny, very much that dry British humor, um, and just mixed uh, sort of science fiction with mm-hmm. comedy uh, in The Hitchhiker's Guide, which was something that I didn't know I needed in my life until I read it. Mm-hmm. So uh, I thought that was interesting that you mix a certain amount of science fiction in your work. Mm-hmm. as well in the artwork that you do. Mm-hmm. Uh, and people can see that at shoemakerart.com. Uh, so I wanted to, instead of doing a quiz about him, because you may not know him at all, you may have never heard of him, mm-hmm. uh, I wanted to read you some of his quotes Ooh. and see what you thought. Okay. Okay, are you Sounds ready? Sounds good. Yeah. yeah. To give real service, you must add something which cannot be bought or measured with money, and that is sincerity and integrity. Yeah. No. I I agree with him. I think as an artist, that's especially true, right? Because all you have is your reputation. And so if you're not putting yourself out there uh, Mm -hmm. with the right foot forward, and that's true of podcasting or radio or anything else, Mm -hmm. um, then, yeah, that's that's something you definitely can't buy or measure with money. Yeah. I think that having, like, uh, being genuine, being sincere is the best uh, the best quality to have for anybody in, in any in any type of in any type of uh, venture that you are 
Well, I think it's very reflective, too, in what you do when you get a request for a commission that you know you may not be the best artist for. Instead of saying yes and trying to get the money and trying to do the thing for them, you're like, no, I'm going to refer you to somebody who I know can definitely do that. Yeah, definitely. Uh-huh. Doing that is, is, is the best thing. And yep. mm-hmm. All right, so I don't know if you relate to this one. Uh, this is a quote from him. I love deadlines. I like the whooshing sound they make as they fly by. Yeah. <laughs> I've heard that quote before. Have you? Yeah, I'm pretty yep. sure I had it on my uh, MySpace bio <laughs> back nice. in the day. Yeah. So are you, um, when you're working on your artwork, and you're, in case somebody's just tuning in, you're a visual artist, uh, uh, oil-based, oil painting-based artist, mm-hmm. for the most part. You do other things as well. Yeah. Um, but canola oil is my favorite. Canola oil, uh, grapeseed oil. I like too when you're painting because it has a lower smoke yeah. temperature mm-hmm. um, or higher smoke temperature, I should say. So when I do eventually cook it, um, yeah. it won't smoke it. The painting, yeah, it won't smoke as much. Um, but do you do you put a lot of the deadlines on yourself, or how does that work when you're not working on commission? You're just sort of working for yourself. Yeah, definitely having deadlines is is good to have because it keeps you working like uh, all the time because you know naturally kind of we want to get on netflix and you want to watch a, a show that's in another language so it requires a hundred percent of your attention uh but i have to keep myself from doing that so i set deadlines and i i, I maintain the deadlines and and um also sometimes shows also have deadlines so i have to you have to finish something for that particular show, yeah. Yeah, so I think that that keeps me uh, creating all the time and, and with, like, a consistent um, consistent basis. Uh, I think that it's good to have that. And they do make a whoosh sound. <laughs> as they go by. As they go by. <laughs> uh, a common mistake, this is Douglas Adams again, a common mistake that people make when trying to design something completely foolproof is to underestimate the ingenuity of complete fools. Yeah. So we talked true. a little bit about this with the driverless cars earlier, mm-hmm. right? Like we will try to make it foolproof, but there's going to be a way that potentially people can mess it up mm-hmm. or that the system itself, like either not only the person in the car, mm-hmm. but the person who programmed the AI. Yeah. Right. They, they could have accidentally uh, put where, um, you know, the, the person who was, Putting in, like, you know, we talked about the hierarchy of things, uh, what the robot will choose to run over. Um, and then if someone accidentally put, like, instead of cats, they wrote in, like, bats. So they'll kill the, the bat before before the cat. Or they'll kill or anything no, they'll else. Or they'll kill the cat. Yeah. Well, someone could have, like, because mis- the bat mistyped. isn't there, yeah. Yeah. And, like, just pretty much anything. They could have just a typo. And it could have all Do you feel like there's a bat conspiracy to do that? They're like working on the AI for the driverless cars? It could be. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. They they could do anything with 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 the AI that we If there's any bats that are listening that have already adjusted AIs out there, we're with you. Yeah, definitely. We're on your side. I'm pro bat. One hundred percent pro bat. Yeah. Yeah. And not we're not talking Batman. No, no. By the way. No, yeah. I'm Bruce Wayne if you're listening. You're good, too. Yeah. Um, But, yeah, actual bats. Okay, speaking of animals, books are sharks because sharks have been around for a very long time. There were sharks before there were dinosaurs, and the reason sharks are still in the ocean 
is nothing is that nothing is better at being a shark than a shark. Mm-hmm. That's true. I I I like bats or <laughs> <laughs> books and books and sharks. I like sharks more than books. You like okay? Yeah. That's good. Cuz of like, you know, they've been here for such a long time. Whereas I feel that like books they haven't been here as long and they don't have as much hieroglyphs. So sharks need more hieroglyph books more hieroglyph, by sharks. Yeah. And I think that's the direction we're going in with technology is we're going to eventually get to complete emoji books where we can like we're going to go back to the Egyptian times oh, in writing yeah. in hieroglyphs. Perfect. I think I really the emojis like have have proven that, you know. So they, if they've proven one thing, it's that. Yeah. For sure. For right. sure, for sure. All right, last one. Douglas Adams uh, was born in 1952, so he would have been approximately 100 and something years old by now. I'm just kidding. I can't do math on the spot like that. <laughs> uh, my absolute, this is Douglas Adams, my absolute favorite piece of information is the fact that young sloths are so inept that they frequently grab their own arms and legs instead of tree limbs and fall out of trees. Oh, the poor sloths. Yes. Yeah. They they grab their own limbs and they fall. That am I mis mishearing? No, that that's one? exactly that's right. That's what it is. They grab their own limbs. Yeah, they're oh. they're pretty bad at being sloths early on in life. Oh man. And in fact, most sloths often make mistakes like that. Yeah. I yeah. think uh well, my mother is from Panama and there it is actually a a large sloth population there. So that tends to happen. One of our listeners happen. are sloths? Yeah, that oh. tends to happen to me. So I, I can kind of, um, I can relate. I'll start, like, grabbing in my limbs, and I just, like, start Fall down. falling. Yeah. Again, another reason for always wearing a helmet. Yeah, that's another reason. Yeah. But, but yeah, definitely, I can, I can see that. As far as, like, metaphorically speaking, I don't know if, if that's, like, People who are lazy, maybe. People who are lazy or, you know, maybe a metaphor for younger people. They're still trying to figure out their way. Oh. Something along those lines. That's what you that know. means, like metaphor. Don't, don't grab your own limbs when you're in a tree. Yeah, that's so true. We'll shorten it up to that. If we can get that started, everybody out there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Okay. Or Very don't good. climb trees, maybe. That, yeah. I think, is the bigger lesson. That's the bigger Sloth lesson. Sloth around on the ground. Yeah, you can sloth on the ground. You don't have to You can sloth if you want to. You can sloth right over there. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> so thank you for <laughs> indulging me in that. That was Douglas Adams. And if you haven't had a chance to read any of his stuff, it's it's a lot of fun. Yeah, and dry British uh, comedy fun. is it awesome. It starts, yeah, so Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, which is by far his most famous work, mm-hmm. um, starts out with the end of the world. So Ooh. it starts out there mm-hmm. and kind of goes downhill. Ooh, I love anything apocalyptic. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Fully apocalyptic. All right, very good. Well, Samantha, mm-hmm. guess what? What? We're done. Oh, man. Yeah, it goes by Time flew. I'm a joy to talk to. Uh, Instagram for Samantha. If you want to view her art, if you want, I would encourage you to follow her. Um, and then you put snippets of some of your videos on Instagram as well, right? On my Instagram story occasionally, yeah. yes. So that's somewhere you can see her work. Um, so I would encourage you to do that at Shoemaker Art on Facebook. Uh, just look up Samantha Shoemaker Art mm-hmm. uh, because it's the whole thing spelled out. 
Uh, YouTube is also at Shoemaker Art. Mm -hmm. um, and what do you have? So like, you have to be a self promoter all the time. Mm -hmm. So you have to be on all of these channels. Mm -hmm. um, but for some people, they also enjoy it. So mm -hmm. I think from talking to you, you like doing the Instagram stuff because it visually it helps you tell your story. Mm -hmm. um, but you're really into doing the videos on YouTube right now, right? So some time-lapse stuff, some making of, some interaction with the audience in terms of how you're doing things. Yeah. How much have you enjoyed that? And were you surprised by how much you enjoyed it? Well, I love YouTube yeah. because it's a combination of all mediums. Um, so you have the visuals going on. You have um, video editing, video recording. You can get really creative with that. And then I like to talk, too. Um, I like to talk a lot. So it allows me to talk more to my uh, pet robot, which is my camera. And <laughs> and that's really fun. So if you like if, if you like me talking, you can always find me talking there, too. Yeah. Like you talking, you can get more of that. You can get more of that, yeah. Okay. Very nice. And you have a show going on right now out in San Diego at La Bodega Gallery. Um, you've got an online gallery opening in May, and then you're working on something called The Sirens Show. Yeah. yeah and then you nice. can always, um, on my Instagram, on everywhere, I'm always posting work in progress of what I'm what I'm working on and any upcoming shows locally. Sometimes they pop up last minute and I'll be like, yeah, I'll be uh, set up well, and you can in the middle prints. of the road you at 7-Eleven. Yeah. Original pieces online. Is, is that right? Also there too. Yeah. Yep. You can find me online. Very nice. Well, I've got Hap Aziz coming in next Monday. That's actually going to be a sci-fi show. I'm not sure exactly Ooh. what the topic is going to be. Mm -hmm. We're trying to get a little bit esoteric with it. So it might be sci-fi AIs. Ooh. Um, they don't always go crazy and kill everybody, Sometimes but almost every time they do. Almost every time, yeah. 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 Uh, it could be ships. It could be other things, but we're both big uh, sci-fi guys. Yes. Uh, and then after that, the week after, Richard Smith of Central Florida Hops will be here. Ooh. Uh, he grows hops and encourages Beer? people to grow hops for local brewers. Nice. And so, uh, yeah, we'll... I don't know if we'll do a testing, uh, taste testing of beer. Mm -hmm. We may do a taste testing of hops. Do you know if those are alcoholic at all? Hops? Just the plant itself? Um, I'm not quite sure. Okay. I've only had like Vegemite, which is like a byproduct of beer. I don't know if it's the same thing, Ooh. but it's not very good. It's an acquired it's taste it's from an what acquired I understand. Taste. Yeah. So maybe hops may be different. So okay. I hope that it's tasty. Well, we'll find out about that in two weeks. So stay tuned, as always, to WPRK. You should be listening to it all day, every day, if you can, because you'll always hear something new and interesting. And uh, pretty soon, in the 9 o'clock hour, you'll be hearing something new and interesting as well. I don't want to give that away yet, though. I want it's a to, surprise. It's a surprise. I'll let her reveal what's going on with that. So thank you very much, Samantha. Let's shake hands. Hold on, let me dry thank off my hand. So oh, yeah. Oh, oh, oh. no. Yeah. Ooh. <laughs> Ooh, sweaty I'm hand. Sweating there. All right, that nice makes for good radio. Yeah. You can let go of my hand now. Oh, oh no, I can't. Let, okay, uh, thank it's you. Stuck. All right, let's play <laughs> one more song and get out of here. This is uh, David Byrne with Empire on WPRK, Winter Park, Florida. You've been listening to a certain degree. And that's the show. Thanks for listening to a certain degree. 
Where do you go from here? Tell your friends about how good this episode is. Subscribe to the show wherever you subscribe to shows. Also check out to a certain degree.com. That's T-O-A certain degree.com. I learned a lot on this episode. Romance novel topics aside, it's always good to hear about how some people deal with blocks. Do something else, take a step away, but like Samantha says, the ideas are there. It just feels like they aren't sometimes. Thanks for listening. I'll truly miss our little talks.